Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hi. That is Emilio, and uh, we're joining you again this week to uh, discuss uh, players who were born on a specific day, in this case, the day that we're recording, March 20th. So we'll be talking about 15 NBA and ABA players born on this day and constructing a team of those players, as we so often do. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, we will be uh, uh, breaking it down as we do position by position, starting at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And small forward. Smaller forward. <laughs> I'm not, not familiar with uh, with that position, but we'll be talking about the uh, the candidates for this squad, all, all 15 of them. Yep. Emilio, before uh, uh, we waste any more time here, uh, who'd you have at starting center among NBA and ABA players born on March 20th? Yes, I did have a center, and his name was um, Jakar Sampson. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Jakar Sampson. Uh, I, I would say center, one of the weaker positions among players who were born on this date. Yes. But uh, Jakar Sampson, maybe even a little bit of a stretch as, as a uh, yeah. center at a 6'7", six, six, seven. Seven, uh, 214, so not, not your typical center size, but let's talk a little bit about him. Um, yeah, I guess a solid player. Um, um, he's like played a while I guess he he undrafted I think and um he was undrafted that's right he's been a solid player I guess yeah he's uh he's had a decent NBA career I mean I think he you know he's got an interesting story in the sense that uh he's bounced around quite a bit I mean he's been on five NBA teams already and uh has appeared in uh, 222 NBA games since breaking in in the uh, 2014 season yeah um he's been solid um in his league, I mean, I was noticing that he scored 20 points in a game one, one year, but he only played four games that year, so I mean, not that impressive. But he has scored 29 points in the game, and um, their um, similarity scores, I mean, they have them sim- like similar to Jordan. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite say similar to Jordan. I, I think uh, you're pointing out that in a couple of games in Chicago in the 2018-2019 season. Uh, with the Bulls, uh, he scored uh, 20 points per game. So, I mean, has had moments in his career where he's uh, been counted on for more volume, but generally has been a, a pretty low usage guy in his career for the most part, averaging just uh, 15 minutes per game. But uh, as we mentioned, not a lot of uh, center-sized talent that has been born on uh, March 20th, as it turns out. Yeah, um, I don't think there's, like, any other guys that would really – Fit at center? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, he's played more than any of the other guys who might be more appropriate size-wise. I think uh, one interesting thing about uh, about Jakar Sampson, I mean, he went to, uh, went to St. John's, but I actually went to the same high school that uh, LeBron James started at, uh, Saint, uh, Vincent St. Mary High School in uh, Akron, Ohio. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to get in there that um, his picture on Wikipedia is him laughing. Yeah, I mean, a fun-loving guy. Uh, he's got uh, the nickname uh, SpongeBob Sampson, so maybe a uh, fan of uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, or maybe uh, you know has a similar uh, you know goofy sense of humor. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly uh, a guy who's still active in the league, and uh, you know might see some more from him over the course of the next few years. Just uh, 28 years old today. Yeah. I had him as my uh, as my center on this squad as well. Although I mean, we acknowledge uh, you know not not the cleanest fit there. Yeah. Well. Um, you got anything else to? Yeah, sure. He likes to laugh. So, uh, what what else you got on uh, on Jakar Sampson? Anything else? Or should we move on to power forward? I think we should move on to power forward. Just to mention, he did go to St. John's. Yes, I, I believe I mentioned that, but good to uh, good to reiterate. 
uh, yeah, at, at St. John's uh, in uh, my home borough of Queens. Yeah, and he's worn 9, 29, 41, 14, which is actually kind of interesting. He has a bunch of numbers. Yeah, yeah, he's gotten to a few numbers, and there's actually some interesting uh, number, uniform number notes as we go through uh, the players born on this date. We'll get to those as we uh, okay. continue through the podcast. I Nils, have, who do you have at Power Forward? Um, Dirk Dickey. Uh, Derek Dickey, yes. We have actually mentioned uh, Derek Dickey previously on our uh, Cincinnati episode. I don't know if uh, you guys recall that. Uh, you can uh, check that out in the uh, in, in the feed. Uh, go people I Cincinnati episode. Him. We did indeed, and uh, as as I think we mentioned at the time, a uh, a champion on the uh, 1975 uh, Warriors uh, yeah, team. That's pretty good. I mean, I mean, to win a championship, you're gonna have to be pretty good. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, got some real minutes on uh, on on the team during that championship run. I mean, played, uh, you know, was in the rotation. So uh, a, a legit NBA champion. Not, not that players who uh, are, don't have his prominent roles are not legit champions, but actually contributed to a uh, to a championship team with those uh, those Warriors. But tell us a little bit more about Derek Dickey. Yeah, like that guy was not a an official um, rookie of the year. But um, yeah, if you want to check that out, go to a BYU episode. We spent about a minute on it. Yeah, Mel Hutchins. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, let, let, let's uh, let's talk about Derek Dickey here, though. Okay. So um, yeah, an NBA champion, one of the number forty for a couple of teams, including the Warriors and the uh, Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls right down the end of his career, but primarily a Warrior in his career. Played almost three hundred games with the franchise in the regular season. Actually, played more than that if you count the postseason. Yeah. Well, um, he was pretty good for the Warriors. I mean, didn't do that much on the scoring side. Had a couple of rebounds a game and. Um, uh, was a great passer, a 10.5 once assists again. Uh, he actually was 1.1 assists per game. Emilio just uh, giving you some uh, false information for some reason. Uh, actually, uh, j- just a kind of a role player in his career. I mean, averaging uh, under 17 minutes per game across uh, 321 regular season games in his career. Uh, a, a second round pick in the uh, 73 NBA draft and uh, unfortunately no longer with us, having died uh, you know, far too young at age uh, 51 back in uh, 2002. Um, as the uh, as a result of heart failure. Yeah. Um, I actually have a quick question. It says that in the second round, he was drafted the 11th pick in the second round. It was only 29th overall. Was there, like, shorter rounds? Yeah, there were far less teams in the NBA back in uh, 1973, oh, right, Miller right. referencing uh, uh, Derek Dickey's uh, basketball reference player page. We uh, got to give respect to uh, basketball reference. Every episode. Which uh, yes, we we use all the time. We actually have uh, used Wikipedia extensively in uh, doing the research. So thank you, Wikipedia. Well. So we we pretty much appreciate the contributions of uh, all the great Wikipedia editors out there, especially those who have uh, done worked on these particular pages, including Derek Dickey. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Yeah. Anything more to say on uh, on Derek Dickey? I mean, his number retired by uh, University of Cincinnati, uh, inducted into their uh, their Hall of Fame there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not who I chose, but I think, uh, you know, a, a solid candidate. I actually went a little bit further down the uh, positional spectrum. Uh, went with someone who's less of a power forward, but uh, has played there a little bit uh, during his during his time in the league, or did play there a bit during his time in the league. And I'm talking about yeah. Ronnie Brewer. I know he made uh, made your yeah. squad as well, just in a different spot. Yeah, he was on my small forward, and um, he was a um, solid player. I mean, he's a good dunker. I saw him highlights and um, averaged 12 points per game and 13.7 points per game in um, one, two of his first three seasons. And, um, yeah, averaged 7.8 points per game for his career. So, I mean, can't really argue with that. Played 502 regular season games, 304 of them he started. So, very solid. 
Yeah, I mean, I think had a lot of promise uh, coming into the league. I mean, he was the 14th overall pick in uh, that 2006 NBA draft. Uh, his father played in the league, uh, talking about Ron, Ron Brewer there. And uh, coming out of Arkansas, a guy who had some really good positional size, I think. I mean, uh, looking at his uh, his listed uh, you know height and weight on his basketball reference page, listed as 6'7", 220, but I think kind of played even bigger than that. Um, maybe, maybe had longer arms. I'm, I'm not, not really sure. But uh, definitely a, a strong defensive uh, factor, especially early in his career. And you can see from his uh, game started totals, really, I mean, did the, the bulk of his uh, playing in the early stages of his career where he was averaging – uh, up close to and then over 30 minutes per game on those uh, those teams with uh, with the Jazz early in his career. And I think, uh, you know, never really uh, was able to, you know, make the transition to being a shooter, uh, yeah. just 25% from three for his career and uh, on very uh, low volume as well, on under one per game across 502 regular season games, as you mentioned. So uh, maybe didn't, didn't have the skill set to make the transition uh, into being an older player, losing some of that quickness. And uh, maybe some of that strength as he got into his later 20s, but definitely, uh, you know, made it made an impact in the NBA uh, in, in the years yeah. where he was around. I mean, he didn't play that long. I uh, didn't play that long, actually. You're right. I mean, he played into into the uh, 2014 season, had, had a role with the uh, Santa Cruz Warriors in the uh, then D-League, uh, trying to get back in the mix after that. But, uh, yeah, that was the end of his uh, end of his playing career in the in the NBA, at least. Uh, went on to play in the, in the basketball tournament, actually. Uh, in uh, 2018 as well with uh, Team Arkansas. So has, has continued to uh, be involved with the game, but not really sure what he's doing um, basketball basketball or otherwise, uh, you know, in the last few years here. Actually, an interesting note from his uh, Wikipedia page, known for uh, having an unorthodox uh, shooting technique, I'm, I'm reading that directly off the Wikipedia page, uh, as a result of a uh, childhood water slide injury. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. So you can check out, uh, you know, some video of uh, Ronnie Brewer shooting if you want to see what that looks like. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Emilio, uh, <laughs> miming that uh, not not super helpful for our uh, our podcast audience, but uh, very entertaining for me personally here in the studio. Yeah, well, it's not technically studio, but all right. So, uh, so you had uh, you had Ronnie Brewer at the uh, at the three, right? So we we've, yeah. we've covered your three. Let's get to mine. I mean, and I, I think we're we're talking about. Uh, I had this guy at um, shooting guard. Yeah, so I, I certainly the, the the player of of the day on uh, March twentieth. Uh, the most accomplished player born on this date. We're talking about yeah. Jamal Crawford. Yes, he can um, do some step back threes. Yeah, let's talk a little about a, a bit about uh, Jamal Crawford. Now, this this guy has had a really really long NBA career. Yeah, not in the league anymore, but has averaged fourteen point six points per game for his career and um, has played very well. I mean, has had one hundred one thousand three hundred and twenty seven career games and four hundred. 33 of those started, and, I mean, he's just, like, played a ton. And um, he's, like, really good at crossovers, which I didn't even know before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good and at crossovers and playing in the NBA and a good free throw shooter as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all, all well said. I mean, the free throw shooting in particular, I mean, 86% for his career. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot of attempts over the course of a long period of time. Not the best from the floor. I mean, always, you know, kind of uh, posting relatively low field goal percentages and even his three-point shooting, a little bit lower than you'd like to see in, in today's game for a volume three-point shooter. And he, he was one, especially early in his career. So not the most efficient guy, but uh, someone who was definitely capable of putting up numbers. I mean, uh, yeah. three-time uh, six-man of the year in, in the NBA. So really made an impact coming off the bench. Uh, scored as many as 20 points per game in, uh, in in one season where he was starting extensively with with the uh, with the Knicks at age uh, 27. 
came into the league in the uh, 2000 NBA draft. I mean, this is a guy who was playing for the Nets uh, as, as recently as uh, in the bubble, right? Yep. Well, he actually didn't play that much in the bubble. I think he was hurt. He actually just played six minutes. But he, he actually got on the court with, uh, with the Nets in the bubble, so played. And from- was 50% from three. I mean, that's great. Yeah, you got to like that. Uh, but really, I mean, started his career in 2000, ended his career in uh, 2020. I mean, that's, uh, that's that's a good long run in the league. Yeah, so um, he was one for two from three in that um, in that uh, game that he faced. I'm pretty sure it was against the Bucks. Yeah, that that uh, one game in which he scored uh, five points. But no need to focus too much there. Uh, turning uh, 41 today, uh, you know, a, uh, a Seattle guy, a Washington guy uh, during, uh, you know, coming up. I know he's from there and went to high school there, but uh, attended Michigan. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, taken eighth overall uh, to the Cavaliers, uh, although he never uh, never played with them, at least not uh, not at that point in his career, actually. Never, yeah. never went on to play with the Cavaliers, but did play for a lot of different teams in his career. Yeah. Um, um, Clippers, Knicks, Bulls, Hawks, Timberwolves, Suns, Blazers. Never played for the Blazers. Um, um, Nets and Warriors. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, so I mean, really got around, and in terms of the volume, I mean, you're in the league for as long as he was, you're gonna uh, get pretty high up on the leaderboards in some of these volume stats. I mean, uh, 19th in games played all time, eighth yeah. in threes all time, uh, 40, eighth in threes. Yeah, 43rd in minutes played. I mean, the, the volume is incredible. I mean, 87th in assists. I mean, I know we're getting a little bit further down the leaderboard there, but I mean, this is got, uh, not a guy who averaged like a huge number of assists across his career. I mean, he averaged 3.4 assists per game. And he's still in the top 90 all time. So, yeah. he, I mean, really, really extensive uh, career um, for uh, Jamal Crawford and certainly, uh, you know, belong, a guy who belongs on this team. Uh, at 6'5", 185, a guy who could play a couple of different positions. I think maybe a little bit of a stretch for me at the three, but felt like I had to get some of these other guys in there at the uh, the one and the two. So that's the direction I went there. I know uh, you took him at, at, uh, at shooting guard. Uh, and uh, we'll get to my uh, my shooting guard uh, choice and uh, the remainder of the lineup uh, in just a moment. We're back. Did want to make a couple more notes on uh, Jamal Crawford uh, before we move on. Uh, has to be said, all-time leader in uh, four-point plays. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, very cool um, for sure. And um, God, I feel good for him. Actually, before we move on to the last thing we're going to mention about him, I just want to mention that his first name is really Aaron. And not Jamal. That is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously people are free to go by whatever names they wish. But, uh, yeah, he goes by his middle name. Yeah. That's cool. So what was the other thing you were going to say about uh, Jamal Crawford before we uh, continue here? That he um, had 51 points in his um, final game. I'm pretty sure the only person to do it in um, 50 points off the game. Off the bench. Yeah, off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Pretty impressive. And uh, second player in NBA history to score at least 10,000 points off the bench. So really accomplished bench scorer, but really just an accomplished scorer in general. I mean, not the yeah. most efficient, but uh, made it up on volume. Yeah, for sure. As uh, Jamal Crawford, and also considered a fantastic teammate, it should be said. I mean, a guy who definitely has uh, made the right connections with uh, media and people around the league, and I think uh, we'll probably be seeing Jamal Crawford attached to the NBA in one capacity or another for uh, quite some time. Yeah. All right, so let's, uh, let, let's keep it moving here. Let's move That's on what to, I had to uh, point um, shooting guard. Who you had a shooting guard. So I'll move on to my shooting guard. And now we're talking about uh, Padre Riles, Pat Riley. Yep. He um, he did play in the NBA. Played in the NBA, of course, better known as, uh, as a coach and as an executive. But let's talk a little bit about Pat Riley, the player, first. Yeah, he um, he played in the NBA. 
Well, talk a little bit about his uh, playing career. I mean, I, I know he didn't make your squad here, but surely you considered him for the squad. Yeah, kind of, I guess. But um, he um he played in the league, which is pretty cool. But um, he also um got points in the league, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I can tell you don't have too much to offer on uh, on Pat Riley. Uh, part of um, <laughs> I, I really don't have anything besides his coach. Yeah, I mean, we can get to that in just a moment. I mean, won, won an NBA title as a uh, reserve with the Lakers in uh, 1972. So, I mean, it's, you know, part of his legacy. I mean, obviously, has gone on to win uh, titles in other situations, and we'll get to his coaching in just a moment. But a uh, member of the Hall of Fame. I mean, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean, for the coaching, but, I mean, Riles McGreever. <laughs> Emilio uh, attempting to read uh, his nicknames <laughs> off, the, uh, off the basketball reference page. It's Riles and McGyver. MacGyver. So sorry, Ross MacGyver. Yes. Okay. So uh, yeah, let, let's move on to uh, to talking a little bit about his uh, about his coaching career. Although he, yeah. he he made this squad for me as a player. I mean, I, I thought squeezing him in there as a shooting guard would be uh, would be appropriate, but uh, certainly known as a coach. Yeah. I mean, you can't leave out Derek Dickey though. Yeah, it's hard to. So uh, Riley uh, has won five championships as an NBA coach. Yeah, very good. I mean, one time, like, he, there was this, like, Heat team that was really good, like, in 2005 or something, and, like, they weren't, they didn't have, like, an amazing record. They were, like, 10 to 10 or something. So he just said to the guys, like, oh, my God, I'm going to do it. Well, that was uh, Stan Van Gundy you're referring to, who uh, ended up uh, getting the boot, and uh, uh, Pat Riley uh, came down from the uh, executive office, and, uh, yeah, he coached the team to, uh, to a championship there in 2006 with, uh, Dwayne Wade and Shaq, and that was a phenomenal team. Obviously, uh, you know, just another uh, another title for him. That was his fifth of his career. Had won four with the Lakers in uh, 82, 85, 87, and 88. A three-time coach of the year. Guy who was uh, all-star game head coach nine times. Just Number retired by the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, played at Kentucky. I mean, as a collegian, for sure. And was the seventh pick overall in the uh, 1967 NBA yeah. draft by the uh, San Diego Rockets, where he began his career. But really, I mean, as we keep saying, best known for his uh, for his coaching, both, uh, I mean, you know, with, with the Lakers initially, I mean, coming up as an assistant and having all that incredible success as, uh, you know, one of the faces of, uh, of the Showtime Lakers. I mean, you know, of course, you know, you think of, uh, you know, Magic and, and the, the other players who were involved, but uh, Riley's look on the sidelines and his style was a big part of uh, those Lakers Showtime teams. I mean, his slick back, black hair, his... Uh, perfect Armani suits. I mean, like this guy really had to look down and uh, managed to maintain that that look and that image for a really long time. I mean, you hear him referred to sometime as uh, the godfather because like, you know, the way he's been able to manipulate things and, uh, you know, as an executive, yeah. was a uh, coach with the Knicks after he left the Lakers and then uh, made this transition to the heat. I mean, uh, being in New York at the time, I remember it well. I mean, it's very controversial, him going from the Knicks uh, to the heat. But obviously, I mean, with the Heat, his uh, success there speaks for itself. I mean, you know, those five titles we're talking about as a coach doesn't even include the uh, the master strokes he uh, put together in uh, assembling the uh, LeBron uh, Heat. I mean, like those teams, you know, four finals all assembled by him, and you know, he uh, he got LeBron to uh, to come there. I mean, you know, like so one of, one of the earth shaking moves in uh, NBA history. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and he. He developed this um, this Heat team that went to the finals last year. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, many, many chapters to uh, Pat Riley's uh, NBA story for sure and uh, still involved right now, right? I mean, so yeah. still, you know, at age 78 now, he's 70 oh, – sorry, excuse me, 76. I don't mean to cheat you. 
any any years there, uh, Pat Riley. Uh, turning 76 today and still very much involved in uh, in the NBA and making things happen right now. So an incredibly impressive career for uh, Pat Riley and a well-deserving Hall of Famer, certainly. Yeah, as a coach. I mean, not deserving as a player. Uh, unquestionably, but his his uh, contributions as a coach and as an executive uh, speak for themselves. I mean, clearly a Hall yeah. of Famer. Interesting note, uh, actually also drafted as a uh, wide receiver by the Cowboys out yeah. of uh, Kentucky. Yeah, he was a really good football player. Once in my life, he was like, oh. Did you really? Uh, they're, they're actually like Pat Riley football highlights out there? No. Okay, he's just lying. <laughs> right, classic. All right. Uh, so, uh, all right, so let's move on. Uh, you had um, – you mentioned you had Jamal Crawford at the two, so who do you have at the one? I had somebody that has a really epic name. His name is Phil Walker. I mean, I, I couldn't stop myself. I mean, I just love Phil Walker so much. And, I mean, I don't know. It just, like, I just couldn't stop myself really picking Phil Walker. I was like, oh, my God, I love this name, Phil Walker. And I was like, yes, I need to pick Phil Walker. All right, so Phil Walker, uh, as you mentioned, turning 65 today. Uh, surprising choice, given that uh, the, the relative brevity of his uh, NBA career. Just played one season, 40 games with the Washington Bullets. And, uh, yeah, actually, I did have Mookie Blaylock. Oh, oh, okay. All right, so he actually chose Mookie Blaylock, a much more fitting choice as the uh, point guard on this squad. Tell us a little bit about Mookie Blaylock. Yeah, he is um, the thief, so um, he, he was really good. I mean – He's uh, known as the thief uh, as a nickname, and that's because yeah. he was a master of stealing the ball. Yeah, I mean, a two-time steals champ, but I'm a great scorer, too. I mean, 13.5 points per game for his career, and um, he can fill up the net. Yeah, really, really terrific player on those uh, the, those Hawks teams most memorably. I mean, he began his career with the uh, with the Nets. He was the uh, 12th overall pick in the uh, 1989 NBA draft and lasted there for a little bit, but by the time uh, by the time I, I I got to know him, he was playing for those Hawks teams and uh, really making a, a nuisance of himself, especially on the defensive end. But if you look at his uh, his assist numbers throughout his career, I mean, he had some years where he was really effective uh, distributing the ball as well, and even uh, getting some rebounds for a relatively small guard. Yeah, um, yeah, he was getting some rebounds indeed, and um. One year, he actually um, averaged 5.3 rebounds, 5.9 assists, 2.7 steals, 17.4 points per game. Pretty impressive stuff. I mean, I, I know just a uh, one-time All-Star made the All-Star team in 93-94. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you could see with, with numbers like he was posting, I mean, he could have been in the All-Star mix in a number of other years, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, you know, long career. I mean, a guy who's uh, just six feet tall, uh, 180 pounds. But, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, the 12th overall pick out of Oklahoma – and, um, you know, managed to have a terrific career for himself. And if you look at his uh, position on uh, some of the all-time leaderboards, it really uh, reflects that. O only 889 regular season games. Uh, that, that's obviously a, a ton, but uh, not necessarily to be on the uh, all-time leaderboards necessarily. But, I mean, his steals numbers are just undeniable. I mean, 13th all-time in steals, 7th uh, in steal percentage, and 5th uh, all-time in steals per game. It's pretty good. I mean, you can't deny him. And, um, yeah, six-time all-defensive team. Six-time all-defensive team, absolutely. That's well worth mentioning. Two-time first-team all-defense, four-time second-team uh, second all-defense. And I uh, should be mentioned as well, I mean, you know, uh, in terms of the assists, I mean, 6.7 assists per game for his career. But um, that's 31st all-time. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty good. 37th all-time in career assists, just raw assists. 
and even 55th in uh, threes for his career, which I always find like these these guys who played a while ago when the volume was so much lower, if they're on these uh, volume leaderboards for uh, three-pointers, it's pretty notable. And uh, 55th is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys who have been shooting threes who have been able to pass him over the course of the last uh, 20 years. So yeah. that he's still there is pretty notable. And uh, yeah. if you look at his uh, three-point uh, volume through his career, actually had some years where, uh, you know, in the mid-90s where he was shooting like around seven three-pointers a game. That's a lot for the time. Absolutely. A lot for that for that period of time. And uh, and was hitting them at a pretty good rate, too. I mean, it was yeah. up over 35% during that period. So Yeah, hitting step backs. Well, definitely had some uh, had some seasons where uh, where he was really scoring it too. So, a uh, really really solid uh, NBA career at, at, at minimum for uh, for Mookie Blaylock, and uh, you know, great fit at point guard on, uh, on on this squad. I think. Yeah, I th- I know you had him too. I did have him as well. So let, let let's talk a little bit about um, about some of the other guys who we considered uh, on, on this team. Now that we have our lineups uh, laid out. Yeah, well, I really did consider Bellis Smonley. Bellis Smalley, yes, this is an interesting uh, character. A guy who was born on uh, March twentieth, nineteen eighteen, so uh, has has been you know gone for uh, for for a while. Uh, would be one hundred and three today, but uh, passed away unfortunately in two thousand three. But uh, made some significant contributions to uh, to basketball. Yeah, well, first of all, he was a solid player. I mean, averaged twelve point seven points per game for his career. This and- is back uh, in starting in nineteen forty six. So this is a real long time ago in the in the world of basketball. Yeah, so that's probably pretty good for that time because no shot clock, so you can just like score in the end of the fourth quarter, be like up ninety-two to ninety, and be like, and then just hold on to the ball for the rest of the game. Notably, a teammate of Al Servies with the uh, Syracuse Nationals in 1950-1951. Yeah, probably says that like everywhere when you search him up. And his nickname's Old Bones and Rebel, but big time, one of the people related in creating the jump shot. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, according to Wikipedia, one of uh, one of a couple of guys, him and uh, Kenny Sailors, who were uh, reported to have been using the jump shot on a regular basis as early as 1934, so made made a real significant contribution to uh, NBA history in that regard, to basketball history. I wonder what they were doing before uh, they were <laughs> taking jump shots. What do you think, Bud? I think they were just like standing, yeah, and then shooting it. Yeah, I think they were doing set shots. I think you're right. I think it was just like not from jumping. a standstill, not jumping, not getting any additional power that comes from uh, launching yourself off the floor. But then Bellis was like, what? What are they doing? And then he was like. Yeah, he's like, watch, if I had to like jump a little bit. It goes further. Yeah, so he figured that out. And, and you know, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. He deserves a lot of credit for that. And um, credit to that other guy. Uh, right, to uh, Kenny Sailors as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's keep talking about some of these uh, some of these other players who you might have considered for um, for spots on this uh, March twentieth squad. Yeah, so um, I got John Brockman. I mean, I didn't really consider him to be honest, but like he was there. Yeah, John Brockman, a uh, guy who I remember, a uh, prominent player at uh, University of Washington, uh, not that long ago. He's only thirty three. Uh, excuse me, thirty four today. Um, Played as a big at, at Washington and was, uh, I, I think, moved to the NBA. Uh, think you know, expecting to be kind of a big in the NBA too. But uh, at six seven, two fifty five, uh, you know, probably too uh, too ground bound and too small to really make it in the NBA as a non shooter, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, washed out yeah. pretty quickly. I mean, you do got to mention his nickname though. I mean, he that's got to be like an all time classic nickname. I mean, I really like that Brockness one. Brockness Monster, yes, that the is Brockness Monster. That, that is a good one. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, John Brockman, not not really a, a serious consideration here, but a guy who yeah. uh, who got 150 games in in the league. Yeah, and played power forward and center, like he expected. So, yeah. Um, Can I mention uh, John Barnhill as well? I think he's uh, the guy who played the most minutes, uh, who didn't make one of our starting squads. And uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about him here. Yeah, well, he did um, he did play a bunch of minutes, which is. Um, true fact. I mean, you can't deny it. Yeah, played 589 games in the uh, NBA and ABA combined. Yeah, but um, he uh, he put up some stats, I guess. I mean, averaging 2.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists, and 8.6 points for his career. I mean, you really just like you got to be pretty good to put up those stats. Absolutely. I mean, he played a long time ago, back in uh, you know, starting his career in 1962 and finishing it in 1972. But um, definitely had, uh, had had a notable career. Actually began his career with the uh, St. Louis Hawks uh, in 62-63, where he was a teammate of uh, Zelmo Bates, one of our uh, favorites on this podcast. Ooh, yep, he um, he did. I, um, I was seeing I was seeing those I N A for his last team. What yeah, that's uh, that's the Indiana um, uh, Pacers. Yeah, back in seventy one seventy two. Well, I think they have a different one now. It's like uh, IND. IND, yeah, because uh, the, the you know some of the team characterizations and classifications change over time. Yeah, he was teammates with uh, the great Mel Daniels at the uh, the end of his career there, and uh, George yeah. McGinnis as well. Pretty much like Mel Hutchins, who um, has a not official rookie of the year award. Yeah, yeah. he was teammates with uh, with Bob Pettit when he came into uh, into, into the league as well. That's good for him. Yeah. So, uh, any, anyone else we want to mention here? I, I think uh, Phil Walker, kind of an interesting one. Uh, yeah. Played just one season in the league, but uh, actually won a uh, won a title in that one season. Oh well, I guess I didn't look close enough about Phil Walker because um, I mean that's pretty good. Grump. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight <laughs> NBA champ with the uh, with the Washington Bullets. I can't believe this guy has a nickname. Uh, Grump. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what uh, what, what his attitude must have been like to uh, receive a name like that. But I mean, who, who knows? He's uh, sixty five years old today. So uh, congratulations, Phil Walker, on making it to being a uh, senior citizen in our society. Uh, notable, he went to uh, Millersville, uh, University yeah. of Pennsylvania, and was the only player in NBA history to have attended there. Well, that's got to be a great accomplishment for him. Actually, like, that, that's really good. Yeah, I mean. He's it, really it, represented Millersville. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's pretty impressive stuff. All I right, wonder if that's his hometown, because then it really would reference his hometown. Uh, he's actually from uh, Philadelphia, originally. Oh, I don't know where Millersville is, but yeah. Yeah, Millersville is in uh, Millersville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> that must be pretty obvious. Does that help you? <laughs> um, I think so. So, um, yeah, I mean, average 4.5 points per game, and I guess was okay. I mean, for one season, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, okay. So we should mention uh, Leo Routens as well before we uh, before we wrap this episode up. Leo Routens, a uh, guy who's definitely still prominent on the NBA scene because he's a broadcaster for the uh, Raptors and has been since uh, they came into the league. Yeah, well, um, he did average 1.7 points per game in the, his first season and then 1.5 points per game for his career, and he averaged zero. Wait, he averaged 1.7 points per game in his first season, and then he averaged 0.0 points per game in the second season? So why isn't it 1.7 points per game for his full season? For his full season? It, it brings the average uh, overall down, uh, having played the additional uh, 12 minutes in his uh, second season, you see. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Leo Routon's uh, career really hampered by injuries. Uh, did not get much run in the NBA, as you're mentioning. I mean, just 32 yeah. games and uh, not even that many minutes. Uh, 
but uh, was a first-round pick out of uh, Minnesota and uh, Syracuse and definitely known as a uh, Syracuse guy. Um, his son, actually, Andy Routens, uh, played a reasonably prominent role at Syracuse uh, in the last decade, uh, made it to the NBA as well. So, uh, you know, nice sure. uh, family legacy there. No, I mean, just a pretty brief career for uh, Andy Routens as well. But um, Leo Routens uh, did go on to a pretty significant career overseas, played a bunch in uh, in, in Europe, and as I mentioned, uh, has been a Raptors broadcaster for quite yeah. some time. So if you watch Raptors games on TV, you've uh, probably heard Leo Routens. In fact, uh, you Mills have probably heard Leo Routens on the call. Well, I didn't know then that his name was Leo Routens. Yep, you do now. All right, and before we wrap things up, I just mention uh, one more guy. I guess we, we're not getting to quite everyone today with apologies to uh, Bobby Lewis, to uh, Bob Warlick, and uh, Jimmy Connor. Uh, we'll mention uh, Wendell Gray, uh, one of the uh, few players in NBA history who attended Harvard. Um. Yeah, so um, lucky you, Wilbur. Weldon and Wendell Gray. Wendell. And um, I wonder who those other people who have gone to Harvard are, but um, he um, actually also attended Bowling Green. And uh, we didn't realize this during our Bowling Green episode. So let's uh, offer our apologies. Uh, we may need to do another Bowling Green episode to uh, make sure we get Wendell Gray in there. I know, Mills is uh, uh, in stunned silence <laughs> here, having heard that uh, we missed uh, his involvement. Because it's not listed on basketball reference somehow. There's a, 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 a difference between uh, you know what's reflected in the Wikipedia entry for Wendell Gray and uh, what's on the basketball reference page. I know, well, blow, if, blowing our mind. If you know, if you know the mystery, please type it to the Barnard NBA thing. Yes, exactly. We'll <laughs> mention the uh, mention that as we're signing off in just a moment. But uh, yeah, Jeremy Lin, the uh, the most prominent of the uh, yes. Harvard players. But uh, Wendell Gray, uh, you know, guy who uh, started playing from Harvard. Uh, earliest on, uh, starting in uh, 1947, right at the beginning of, uh, of professional basketball. Yeah, but we can't be sure Wikipedia or basketball reference. Which is correct, yeah. That is uh, that is interesting. All right, so let's, uh, unless, unless you have anything else you want to get to here, we'll uh, let, let's wrap up this episode. Yeah, well, um, thank you for listening today. And, um, yeah, um, don't you want to say the thanks? Yeah, I do. So uh, if, <laughs> if, if you enjoyed the episode, please uh, feel free to uh, give us a uh, rating or review or get in touch with us. And uh, you can do so at uh, BarnardsOnTheNBA at gmail.com or uh, find us on Twitter at BarnardsOnNBA. Bye.